Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to a, another episode of the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. Um, this episode is a little different. Um, we have all of our hosts here, um, and we actually have a guest. Uh, so, yeah, this is Justin. This is Nathan. This is Ace Boogie. This is Xavier. We have on with us today two Gospels, a.k.a. or excuse me, formerly known as Iggy Chunks. Uh, Noah. Noah, how are you doing? Doing all right. How are you? Hanging in there. Um, also, uh, this is another first for us. This is our first uh, international podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. International. Yeah, we out here. Uh huh. Uh, we're not just. Uh, we're not in the U.S. anymore. All right. We're, not. we're in the. <laughs> we're, in the uh, we're in the Reichstag now. All right. <laughs> we are worldwide. Three oh five, Mister Worldwide. Yeah. Whatever yeah. the. Actually, no. What part of? Uh, are you still in Germany right now? Or are you still? Yeah, I am in Berlin. Back in the uh, the big B. Wunderbar. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what time is it in uh, Berlin right now? In, uh, yeah. Hello? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, 10 to 2. I don't know if it came through. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so much uh, at German engineering, um, their internet is nowhere near as capable as U.S. internet. I, oh, I, I forgot <laughs> there. There has to be some sort of delay latency going on right now. No. The, sorry, no. what did you say? Internet moves at light speed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. So, what time is it? It's uh almost two. Oh, almost two. Okay, okay. Oh wow, we got you up late. Dang, oh. I, I'm always on crackhead hours. <laughs> okay nice uh don't forget in a few hours i need those those lottery numbers uh, for tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> playing the mega millions <laughs> cross seas that's how uh that's how the big guys do it you know yeah except they don't tell you get somebody from tomorrow to tell you the numbers yeah wait so noah do you speak german now a little bit i've been picking it up a lot more since I've been living here, but Berlin's pretty pretty big on English speakers, so it's kind of hard. To- really? Hmm. So Very people international walk city. up to you and say, I want to speak English with you, and they don't speak German. Oh, usually goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> usually I'm goes. sorry, Noah, for that. That's, <laughs> what accent? <laughs> God. Oh, so sorry. Yeah, usually, if I'm going to the stores or usually like uh, out for, f- uh, yeah, you go out. Anybody under 35 speaks about fluent English. So, wow. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> You're not going to get that in the United States. You will not. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think people are trying to pick up Spanish more often than not, but. It's gonna be a hard time when when China takes over. Uh, <laughs> you don't know Chinese, uh, but my cousins are in a Chinese immersion school right now, so they'll probably be head of state in like twenty years or something like that. In addition to having our, our guest on, uh, we do want to do an interview. Like I said, this is a, a podcast of a first today. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, our first question, uh, excuse my first question is. 
uh, I found uh, this one on a, a website on how to conduct a music interview. <laughs> um, based on your Twitter feed, do you have any beef with any other uh, music artists? Uh, I do not have any beef with other <laughs> oh. artists at the moment. I, you know, especially in Berlin, it's it's really easy to make friends here. And you cut out again. No beef on Twitter at the moment. <laughs> okay. Tell us actually a little bit about uh about two gospels. What kind of music is it? Um, how do you get the name? Give us uh just a little bit of background. Yeah, so I started it when I was at college at Tuskegee. I yeah. picked up my first synthesizer uh, in my dorm room in Banneker Hall, and <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. uh, I started playing around with that and asked. My, I've been making music since I was a child, but that was kind of the first time I was playing around. I was getting really depressed with the military and school at the time, so music was kind of an outlet. Uh, my cousin, who's also been making music probably about the same amount of time as me, asked him to join on because he's a really good trap producer. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we got the name basically because the Bible, you have the four Gospels, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's no real Noah Gospel, and I'm kind of, guess, two Gospels, I'm kind of the bad seed in the family, so there's no Noah Gospels, so that's <laughs> basically the name. Okay, cool. But uh, you would say, I guess, that Tuskegee made you, so we got a... Uh, I would another... not. <laughs> <laughs> uh Nathan and Justin don't know about that that Bethune Banneker life. All right, they don't. I know where you're coming from. All right, mold in the water fountains is something you just can't <laughs> unsee. You know, I remember seeing uh, half-eaten quesadillas in the sinks in the bathroom. <laughs> and people people would just come and turn on the sink and they just brush their teeth with quesadillas in the sink. Um, and that that was life. You know. <laughs> Y'all don't even know. We were out there. Bring, we were trapped. Back strong memories. Yeah, yeah. I, I stayed in ba- I stayed in Banneker for a summer, and um, that was just as bad. They they did some stuff, but uh, I mean, it was during the summer, so like they didn't clean anything after like the school year ended, and uh, so you know we were dealing with we were dealing with everything. I didn't I didn't open up my closet that whole summer. And uh, I, I ended up leaving my Xbox 360 in it, and so <laughs> I don't have it anymore. It's gone. Uh, so that's why I have an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I stayed in uh, I stayed in Banneker one summer. Right? It was uh, it wasn't good. Oh yeah. So. Okay. That's right. That's right. Were you on the first floor, or where were you? We were on the second floor. Ooh, all right. That's a little better. Uh, first floor kind of had all that mud, you know. <laughs> I think it was just decent because it was like I said the summer semester, so like there were only like fifty people in the dorm, and uh-huh. so it couldn't be uh, completely trashed. But uh, yeah, back to I guess some more uh, music questions. Um, no, what actually led you to move to Germany? The music scene out there. Uh, what inspired that? 
Um, so, yeah, moving to Germany. It's it's a little bit of a long story, but uh, basically, when I was super depressed in college, and once I left that, I went back to LA for a little bit because I did not like it. I didn't like the people. Uh, very, very self interested. Very just for themselves with everything they wanted to do. It wasn't really about the art. They kind of just wanted to be an artist just to be famous and make a ton of money. One of my friends and favorite artists, uh, Sean Nicholas Savage, he told me here, uh, basically flew out, stayed with him, met great people, fell in love with the city, and had to do some visa things. <laughs> I know uh, it cut out a little bit again, but I heard you say that uh, people did not, um, they didn't really respect the art, they just want to get rich and famous. Um, I want to say that I rebuke that because that is exactly why we're doing this podcast, right? <laughs> we're trying to, trying to come up, trying to make millions out here. Yeah, we're trying right? to make money. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Trying to live in the hidden hills. <laughs> um. <laughs> So once we once we blow up, I'm gonna buy that part of Berlin that you're in, all right? And I'm gonna turn it right into LA again. Can't <laughs> <laughs> I'll move to Slovenia. <laughs> I'll buy that too. <laughs> but cool stuff. Yeah, I get that. Um, you gotta go. Uh, I guess where your passion is. Um, I definitely respect that because you do have to do a um, just when you know, watch from afar. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you do have a passion for music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> which i'm glad to see that you know um you seem to be enjoying life better you seem to like what you do so that's all i can ask for uh for all those uh all those iggy chunks heads out there um i know uh, we got at least uh, one in the podcast uh, uh explain the the change well you said uh the change between two gospels and uh and iggy chunks did you ever think you'll bring back iggy chunks again uh, Iggy Chunks is not coming back, but okay. I've had Iggy Chunks since around 2010 when I was in high school. It was basically just any kind of little song I would write, and I just uploaded immediately. And the change from that to Two Gospels is just a professional move. Okay. Um, I guess probably an even more important question then. Uh, about half of the name Iggy Chunks is Iggy. Um, himself how's Iggy doing he's doing well my mom just sent me a photo <laughs> today of him and it made me a little sad because I miss him but he's getting old but he's still kicking and having fun good that's all we like to hear I have a I have a question for Noah go for it um what's for music Max do <laughs> what he's <laughs> uh, us Something about oh, my music? I couldn't hear. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I was, what kind of music do you make? Uh, I make a mix of synth pop, funk, R and B. I don't like to get constrained to to genres because yeah, I just kind of like to make what I want. But I've been called the off-brand Prince. <laughs> Ooh, okay, so, uh, okay. I guess uh, no trap orchestra. I guess. Um. All right, bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I laughed. I laughed, Justin. Okay, 
I did. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just didn't make sound. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I felt that one. Um, somebody else got a question again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you're when you're making your music, like, what is your what is your process? Do you uh, do you like have just music going on in your head throughout the day, or do you sit down in one spot, or do you? Yeah, I have uh, multiple processes. So one of my favorites is just when I'm in bed around four in the morning, and the mm-hmm. melody comes into my head grab my laptop real quick, my MIDI keyboard, try and jot it down. And maybe usually something will come out from that. But either when I'm walking around Berlin, getting inspiration from my friends or just the streets and just taking it in a lot of, a lot of things sonically will just start popping up. And then there are the other times, which is more like work when I go into a studio and sit down, have to write something. I usually write out chord progressions and write everything down in a traditional sense. So you mentioned like chord progressions and traditional sense. Do you have a musical background or did you learn recently? I do, yes. I studied my music around since I was two, started on piano. And, well, I had no idea. That's cool. Orchestras and jazz through high school. He's uh, an orchestra player. I played at that bass. So a trap orchestra. Yeah. Violin. <laughs> Don't try and bring it back, all right? <laughs> oh, see how people laughed when I said it. <laughs> that. That's that real comedy right there. All right. <laughs> how about um like lyrical inspiration? Where do you get that from? Is it um That's my favorite part. I like writing a lot of uh a lot of upbeat or dancier things lots of funky things and then lyric wise if you read a lot of things they're, they're a lot about heartbreak and just general sadness so it's a it's a way to just express some things uh, those Definitely. fancy uh they're funky beats no that's big over there you get that there one <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what um i guess what inspires you the most would you say like your emotions would you say because you mentioned your friends you mentioned the city you mentioned your emotions um yes i i think what inspires me the most is just it's just kind of stepping back and realizing that i'm doing something i love making money from it and then just i guess to get a little broader (laughs) looking at looking at love from a different perspective seeing who you can love you can love your friends you can love your significant others you can have love for much anything in the world Hmm. love would be the short answer to that love it's deep i get i'm gonna ask you an annoying question are you in love with anyone right now yes i'm in love with everybody i meet it's uh it's kind of one of my favorite songs at the moment i fall in love so easily with the guy who works in the convenience store down the street is so nice <laughs> dude i heard someone say that um no one who doesn't love people could ever be a good writer or author because in order to be a good author or writer you have to like be able to see the beauty in everybody I think so as well those emotions you know and I All think people, emotions. I think people that say they don't, come at it with a little bit of cynicism, where 
say they don't love anything or anyone and yeah i would definitely say though like i agree um and speaking back to that you know what makes like a great author or whatever you're writing musician or whatever you know if you can't experience love you know a- anger you know all those things add up to make a real a real <clears throat> whew, a well-rounded uh you know author and uh so I, I i definitely would say love is probably a big part of that yeah as well as you know the sad things and the good things and the you know not so fun things and the great things you know yeah uh, i have a i just have a question what is your least favorite part about being a musician abroad what uh what ex- what sucks the most I'd say getting all my gear from the States here, very expensive flights to, well, not the flight itself, but paying for your, hopefully not broken through the process. of. (laughs) When you say gear, what do you mean? All my synthesizers, guitars. I had to leave a few guitars in Detroit because. Oh, man. Actually, as an independent artist with a lot large label support flying mostly out of my own pockets does Detroit what would you say <clears throat> stop yeah. um what would you say is your favorite instrument be your voice uh, or synthesizer or your keyboard or guitar i love synthesizers they're they're the greatest i'm sitting right next to my one of my favorite ones right now the grandmother but just so much you can do with it just yeah all the knobs you can tweak you can pretty much create any sound you can think of and any sound that you probably couldn't think of. So it's like everything in one. How do you say synthesizer in, <clears throat> in German? Synthesizer. <laughs> 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 ah, Nathan, please. Um, oh, I have a question. So um, do you get to perform a lot in Berlin? <clears throat> do I've had a few performances in the last couple of weeks and a lot more coming up. Nice. What are, what are the ones coming up? Uh, one is a DJ set at Das Gift. If you listen to this and you're in Germany, come through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, after that, I have a show festival the 28th. That is nice. just me. I'm going to be doing a lot of new songs. Uh, and then... That's right. October 30th, and then I will be back in the United States in November for a miniature tour. Oh, man. Where are you going through? Going to Detroit, Chicago, and Birmingham, possibly Atlanta. We will see. Ooh. That's so cool. Might have, might have to catch that, that southern route that you're taking there. <laughs> yeah. Get booked for homecoming. That's in November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make that happen. <laughs> Just think about how you asked if Tuskegee made him, and he was like, <laughs> "Nope." <laughs> I'm saying, uh, I mean, I get it. Business is business. Um, with all this, like, like the, I sorry, I feel like the man makes himself. I feel the uh, the experiences. As the what experiences do uh, you feel like made you, if you were comfortable sharing? Yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll just start heavy with it. One of that's really big was 
when I tried to kill myself, I ended up in the mental hospital in Alabama. It's not a nice place to be. It's uh, it's hard being demeaned by a lot of the nurses and a lot of the doctors. But uh, one of the things that got me out of it was music because uh, in the morning we'd have a physical therapy session and we were allowed to play either one or two songs. I got to put on my favorite artist, who's one of my greatest friends out here now, Sean, I talked about earlier. And uh, help me help me just to breathe a little because when you're in there, it can almost feel like you're going to go more crazy just how they treat you. So that brought me back a little bit to reality. And What do you think, um, like today, what do you uh, like bring from that experience? How does it affect you today? Mostly just brings more stuff to the writing. I mean, I can pull back to a situation where, where my life was, I think, the lowest it could go. I mean, a lot of things, a lot of bad things in life will happen, but you've yeah. got to look at, you got to look at the small things just to get you through each day. But yeah, I, I know a lot of like the best artists and the artists that people cling to, um, I guess, I, as you'd call like a cult following. Are, are artists who like put their pain in the music and yes. then listeners are able to say, Hey, I'm not the only one. And this sounds good. Therefore, I a sh- shameless plug with that on my last full length album dinner with, you can go buy it in stores and online. Uh, a lot of the tracks are unfinished because at that time I was I was super depressed just trying to complete them all, mixing, mastering. I was just kind of done with it. And I left a lot of the tracks raw in a way to express that I'm not feeling good. I don't, I don't know where to go with what I'm doing with this writing and I'm just going to put it out. So it was actually kind of a healing moment when I was able just to release it, even though... A lot of the tracks are still not how I would like it, but it shows a very raw side of me. Yeah. I actually appreciate it when it's weird when artists don't finish their their tracks. I know someone just got really mad hearing that. But it, it reminds people that like the artist is human too. Yes. You know, like when I if I hear an artist their voice crack or something, it's like, oh, and I, I identify. I don't reject them. I'm like, oh, they're just like me. Exactly. Yeah, just trying to keep it. Just going to keep it on on the level. Just, yeah, get people. Yeah, it's becoming, I guess, from a listener to an artist, also change the perspective on that. I mean, seeing my favorite artist before in concert and then getting to know him now, it it just made me realize he's also another human. He's made tons of mistakes. I've made yeah. tons of mistakes. So I'm looking at your album right now, Dinner With. Is it called yes. Dinner With? Yes, Dinner With Two Gospels. Dinner With Two Gospels. Can you explain You could say title? Two Gospels Dinner With. So yeah, I came up with that title because uh, I came up with that title for that reason. Just how you'd say it. You don't know how to say it. It could be Dinner With Two Gospels or it could be Have You Heard? two gospels dinner with <laughs> so um what's what would you say is your favorite song on this album 
Oh, I've got to go through that. Give me a second. <laughs> uh, I think I'd say Wolves. Okay. That's that's a fun song to sing live. It uh, allows me to just... I usually open with it, and I get to scream and get a lot of pent-up emotions out. That's awesome. I know uh, my personal favorite from that album is uh, a song titled Sapelo. Um, oh, why? In that after uh, one of my good friend's dogs. <laughs> uh, yeah, Noah was cool enough to... I bugged him for, I think, years, saying, write a name, a name a song after my dog, and he, he finally did. <laughs> um, and as long as this music friend. is... <laughs> as long as that music is available, um, Sapelo will, will always be here for the rest of it is pretty meaningful. So I see Berlin at the end of the album. It says contains hidden. Um, this track. Yes. Um, getting track. it to Spotify and the streaming services is weird because uh, originally there was about a 40 minute space before that track bonus track plays. Oh, wow. So if you buy the album, you will hear that space. And if you're willing to, wait or just skip you can hear the bonus album that or a bonus track that i've made dude i'm excited i should have listened to this before yeah we do this live right we all make mistakes (laughs) this is you just just learn we just learn i want to be able to you know those great interviews where they're like yeah i noticed on athena too you had this line (laughs) where you said oh i ate a cheeseburger next to the Bundesmaxen and (laughs) (laughs) what does that mean? Where did that come from? You know, okay, here, here, here. I have a question. What is one of your, what are some of your just favorite lines that are on this album? Oh, (laughs) coming back to that. I I don't really listen to my own music that much. So I, Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, only Good. only time. Yeah, I respect know. that. I really <laughs> <do>. <laughs> only time I I kind of come back to this when I'm rehearsing and I need to remember my lyrics. But, um, oh, okay. I can. I think I've got something written down. That's my favorite. I can give you something though. When you say like you're getting ready for uh, performances, you have to remember your your lyrics. Do you ever get nervous going up on stage? Like, hey, I, it's been a year since I sang this song and. Like this may be someone's favorite song, and then you mess it up. Oh, they... all the time, yeah. Alcohol is a great <laughs> is a great cure for the nervousness. But yeah, it's all nervousness. <laughs> it's all nervousness until I step on stage. That it's then it's a that it's just fun. It's just performance. It's just me going all out. Uh, Showtime. And uh, of... oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, well, I've, I've pulled up something. Uh, this was on the track Spite. Uh, just so, yeah, one of my favorite lines is just like nine times out of 10, I'm calling you first. And uh, it's just, that's mostly about friendships in the States. When you're even with a significant other, just your friends in general, just trying. Every time I try to. I always have to make the plans. I have to contact somebody if they want to hang out or if they want to talk, but nobody really contacts me first to say, hey, let's let's go out or let's go get something to eat. Everybody 
can relate to that though. I don't want to shameless plug. My, I have a song like that too, where it's uh, it's like an old song I did in high school because I had like a rap group that I was with, and I I was the one, yeah, just like making all the plans, um, recording all the music, editing all the music. But I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, because I was talking to this girl who she moved from South Florida to Huntsville, and we were talking about that how she'll be like upset. She'll be like, "Man, none of my South Florida friends like contact me at all." But then she looked at her phone and she realized she doesn't contact any of them. So, yeah, I feel you, bro. Uh, it goes back and forth. Yeah, sometimes you don't realize that people are contacting you, but yeah, hmm. or it's like not the <laughs> one, not the person you want to contact you. Not the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think people who will at least text me know. Uh, that's kind of awkward because I said I was going to text Nathan like two weeks ago about something. <laughs> but I'm really bad at at replying and getting back to people with uh. At least with texting. Um, I don't know, like, because uh, I was talking to one of my cousins about it, and he, he won't respond to you for, like, months, but he'll, like, respond back to you, like, oh, yeah, hey, uh, I'm in town. Stuff like that. Because, like, I just have this huge anxiety about texting. Yeah. Um, like, he'll read it. He'll, he doesn't like the notification on his phone, so he'll look at it, of course. But it's just something about um, replying back, which, like I said, I think I, I definitely get uh, some – it's not, like, anxiety. It's just some sort of, like, feeling – about like how do I, how do I phrase this? How do I, uh, you know, just like talk to people? Yeah, um, it's not always easy. I think it, like a underrated, highly underrated thing in our generation is like going and just like getting something to eat with someone, or like grabbing coffee with someone and just sitting. It really is. And talking. It, it really is. I think that's one of the things I do love about Berlin. A lot of it's. It's more about you. It's more about your downtime. A lot of the a lot of the time, I'm walking, and I'll, I'll ask myself, "Does does anybody work here?" Because you'll see people relaxing with the beer in the yeah. park, or just just a lot of free time. I think that has a lot to do mm-hmm. with with the culture and the working schedules here. But it is it is yeah, very so- underrated. So everyone is just so highly efficient. Uh, it's because they're a part machine. <laughs> I don't think they told you that when you moved there. Did not. So what were the, uh, when you moved to Germany, what were like the biggest culture shocks that you had to deal with? I had a bigger reverse culture shock with a lot of things Americans do. There's a lot of... When you came back? No, going there and looking back at what what Americans do, how and seeing Americans in Berlin, especially tourists, they uh, they have a weird th- way about about just general things like going to the store. And I mean, small talk isn't big here, and I don't knock on small talk. It's nice every now and then, but it's uh, a little bit easier to get your things done when you just go in, buy your things, and leave. So, like, store clerks, they just don't. Let's give you a little, little hello. Yeah, hello, and then a choose, which means bye. 
trying to think of what is a small talk scenario. So the all the people in Germany who like walk their dogs and stuff, they they don't be like, "Oh, I love your dog," and "Oh, what kind of dog is that?" And <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, mostly in Europe, people. I mean, they everybody's really friendly, but they they're not friendly until they're your friend. They're really mm-hmm. big on becoming friends first, more than just an acquaintance or somebody. Like see. maybe a less aggressive New York City, maybe like things are kind of always moving, but like people want to stay in their lane until they're comfortable with you. Yeah, usually, but uh, they'll Germans will well, anybody in Europe will come on to you pretty quick if you're if you're compatible. Well, you've convinced me. Um, I don't yes. know if that was your goal. <laughs> if you're working with uh, Germany to get more people. <laughs> I wish they would pay me for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is a dumb question, but do they just call uh, German shepherds shepherds over there? <laughs> <laughs> time out. You're in time out. <laughs> I'm not actually sure what. Uh, what they would, I think they, I, I, I don't think they would call them German shepherds, maybe Deutsch, but shepherds would. <laughs> okay. I just wondered. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quick question. You talked about alcohol earlier. Have uh, you, uh, are you going to Oktoberfest or have you been to Oktoberfest? That is very touristy. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I would not like to go to those things because it's just a lot of American tourists and, ah. and I, I don't like to talk down all their groups, but a very bro groups, very, excuse my <laughs> language, douchebaggery going on. With yeah, I people bet. Coming in, so <laughs> it, it goes like this, dude, are you going to Oktoberfest this year? And it's like, yeah, bro, like, oh, really? Bro. Pretty Dude, much like yeah. that. <laughs> have you uh, have you ever been to a bar and uh, an American just walks up there and is like, yeah, I'll have a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> I think not for a Bud Light, but for something like a Paps Blue Ribbon or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do they like they slap people that like try to get light beer and stuff like that. They're like they can shine a light through your beer, then you're you're done. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard coming back to the states and drinking because the beer is really good here you get a you can get a good beer for like 80 cents oh my goodness my my uh uncles they they love german beer i mean that's that's all they drink and they like they're willing to pay high dollar to get it oh yeah it is over here yeah um i don't know i think being a black man in germany being a black man in germany is is top it's ideal they love Huh. I love black men here. Huh, okay. Um <laughs> Hey Google. It's, uh... Flights to Germany. <laughs> no. Germany leaving the twenty fourth of September and coming back the twenty eighth of September starting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean uh I mean I get that. You're one of uh like three black men in the country. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you get around other black Americans here, it feels like you just took over the city. You, it's, uh, I mean, yeah. You go out to a bar. Women will buy you drinks constantly. You don't have the same harassment from authority figures like 
they say when I get off the plane here, this this weird relief, this pressure that just comes off of you when I get off the plane, and I feel like it can be myself, at least in Berlin. Wow. Are you saying that? Uh, I know I've asked this before, but are you saying that like you feel like more comfortable in Berlin than I guess like Detroit, as far as that goes? Yes, anywhere in the states, it's it's very weird. I mean, every place has Even its more problems. Than Alabama? never more than alabama yeah Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling finally being yourself i guess you you grow up your entire life you think you're yourself and then you get to a place and realize who you actually were you actually are in this case (laughs) it's neat still alive (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um how is the how's the food over there it's great better or worse than here it's great it's fantastic uh very cheap easy to live here a lot of big turkish population so a lot of turkish influence in the food a lot of shawarmas falafels they have the uh, donor oh kebab which is oh. basically the hamburger of germany it's the fast food it's it's either chicken yes. or I've heard uh, about that. and it's delicious. It's it's low key healthy too. You've got all your veggies. You can live. I I basically live off of it every day. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one of our missing it, members, uh, he used to live in Germany, Xavier Brown, and uh, he talked about that. Like he just walked down the street and just for like the low price, you know, just yeah. stop. And there'd be like meat on the stick, and the guy would just like, "Oh, you want some meat?" And they just like shave off that meat. Two to two to three euros, you have a meal. Super easy to to go out on dates here. (laughs) Speaking of meal, I think I'm gonna hit up the Chick Fil A real quick after this. (laughs) Dude, what? Hey, for our audience, it's Sunday. He just said something really (laughs) dumb. He said something really dumb right now. It's Sunday here. Wow. So uh, you saying you don't miss our <laughs> our roided up uh, beef and chicken? I do not. The uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the food quality, especially the bread, it's amazing. You no preservatives and a lot of things. So yeah, I think I think hot Cheetos are banned for sale here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, takis? Oh what? Yeah, only when uh. Only when I have friends coming back from the states from tour, we get all the, the bad good foods. Yeah, what's like the, uh, what is the is the fashion different up there? Do people dress? Oh yeah, especially in Berlin, I guess. Yeah, from a normal perspective, you it would come off as weird, but it's it fits my personality very well. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've been uh been doing some modeling. Uh, yeah. How do you get started with that? Uh, Bro, I'll be scrolling and just see you <laughs> naked. And I don't know. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, let's go. Like, love to see a black man get paid. Yeah. Uh, what am I? Just in my good class. friends, Lawrence. I met him at church and he's a stylist. And I guess he liked my blonde hair and my look. So he got me in touch with some agencies and I signed on. And Ooh. they pay pretty well. So, wow. That's awesome. Wow. 
Wow, congratulations, man. That's got my hair blonde. That's <laughs> tough. Oh man. Just, uh, remember Nathan did that for free. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. But uh Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Um I had a follow up for that. I forgot. I'll come back to it. So when you say you said from a normal fashion perspective, it's kind of weird. What do you mean by normal? And then what do you mean by weird? Like yeah. So normal, <clears throat> normal would be, I mean, yeah. What do you go out when you like, I guess you go out on, not on a, like a night out, but you just go out with the house. What are you wearing? <laughs> Khakis? I'm rocking a, my American Eagle a short sleeve polo, a, a Hollister hat. <laughs> um <laughs> Aeropostale board shorts <laughs> and <laughs> forever 21 earrings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here and, uh, it's uh it's like a step back to the, to the goth 80 days. So if you can picture the cure and then that hmm. plus long black trench coats, lots of Whoa. doc Martins. Uh, yeah. Oh, long earrings, cool. cool haircuts with uh, not really a fade, but just bald, on the side, maybe a bowl cut around men and women, both rocking that mm. hairstyle. It's kind of cool, actually. Dang, I, I know this are... wasn't your intent, but you are selling me on Germany. <laughs> I, I'd say I, I want all my friends to come over. I've had a lot of friends come and stay, and they loved it. And uh, I, I always say, like, once you like your first day here you're gonna fall in love and you're never gonna want to leave so be prepared to look for an apartment (laughs) actually you engineers yeah coming to berlin you'd be rich here working with some of the car industries (laughs) i would love that well work for mercedes or something well uh it's a classic volkswagen you know what I'm saying? Back to my roots. The Honda of Germany, yes. Poor, <laughs> yeah. I'm living very well, but if you if you brought money, you'd be you'd be a king. Yeah, was this a podcast or a commercial? Like, yeah, said that. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that because come on, man. I'm over here. <laughs> Nice. I was gonna ask something about that. Still, until Nathan started breathing into the mic, I couldn't. (laughs) Oh man, it'll come back to me. I'll ask it eventually, one day. So uh, I was gonna go back to the the blonde hair thing. I was gonna say, uh, Frank Ocean uh, stole that from you. Did Um, so did did Jaden Smith. Yes, he did. It's a a lot of things I get. I get Jaden Smith, Dennis Rodman. I got I got Will I got I got Will Smith when I was in uh when I was in uh Slovenia and uh they just associate with that with like the like the maybe the four black people they they know know. yes (laughs) they're like which one is he (laughs) have you ever just uh, gone along with it you know just like yeah let's take a picture you know like. (laughs) <laughs> or like not, you with, <laughs> not with somebody of that caliber but yesterday <laughs> i was at a music festival and 
I guess all black people look the same. One of my friends had just performed and a lady came up and said my set was very good. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just I was just working, not performing. So. <laughs> I took the compliment. I said thank you. <laughs> so why do you think um because you mentioned how when you're black American you feel like a king. Why do you think, uh, like, why are Black Americans popular in Germany? So few. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get X-rated with it, but I women just haven't experienced or seen a lot of Black men before coming. I mean, Germany history that uh... majority white, so. <laughs> Yes, by like being the and a few black people there, like you could actually be like the coolest person for like square miles. Um, I never. We are. I mean, yeah. When you, when <laughs> I get my Black American crew out here. It's, I, it's literally taking. We take over the city and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I imagine now that I think about it, I remember when this French exchange student came to Texas, and like everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, have you heard?" Wait, they don't talk. Oh my gosh. Have you heard his accent? He's so cool. He dresses different. He's so good looking. He's so smart. And so I guess for yeah, a black person, I going, think it'd be like that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I would though. I mean, I feel like the hardest part and the reason why a lot of people don't, you know, tra- travel just to foreign countries is because they there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, yeah. and a lot of things they don't know. And I think that kind of holds people back. And now I, I feel like that kind of holds me back too. But like, even just with this conversation, I would feel more comfortable just traveling, you know, to a European country, you know. Man, especially traveling as a black man, you you don't know where it's safe. I mean, right. it was funny going to Slovenia before I text my dad and he's like, do you know there's no black people there, right? What are you, What are you going to do? And I said, well, the mayor is black. <laughs> but I guess that's a, that's a thing. I guess a lot of people also don't realize when you're black, you've, you you got to check out the, the racial situation first. You got to see if they'll accept you. But I think Europe in general is pretty accepting. There are a few places that can end up like the States in the south of Germany. I got called a uh, even Even nigga, in but... Germany, the south is... This is the south of like America, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a universal thing. Have you seen anything um, that's like, <laughs> like you you didn't expect to see that in you know just a foreign country, like that you know here in America we're like normal like cowboy hats. Like you seeing are you <laughs> in the south of Germany? Are you seeing cowboy hats and like gun holsters? You know. Maybe more traditional clothing like lederhosen, but that's usually still around Oktoberfest, but nothing mm. too different. Yeah, not not that I can think of. Good. So is there what's the uh is that what's the I guess what's the, the club scene like? Nah. Clubs Berlin. are amazing. I've always hated clubbing in the States. Because you think of a nightclub, it's a it's a very broy night out. But the clubs here, it's uh, it's just everybody's very respectful. They're just there to have fun. You don't have random guys 
grabbing on women or crazy things like that going on. And it's just everybody's out to be themselves and have a great time and great music to dance to. I would also double down and say that uh, clubs in the United States are uh, usually not that fun. Yeah. I went to a club in Miami and uh, it was a free club to get in (laughs) and it was, it was, I, I think I am scarred from what I saw (laughs) in that club, you know? And why does everyone have, why do I have to go to the bathroom when I'm at a club? You know, I swear I went before I left. I got to go when I'm there. And it's just like, you know, you walk into the bathroom and, you know, a guy says, oh, excuse me, I'm leaving. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I walk into the bathroom and there is no toilet, you know, and you're like, what's going on right now? And did this guy just steal a toilet, you know, before me? <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, stuff like this is is crazy. And there's just like, what what's happening in these nightclubs? Really a big problem. I, I think think people think that people think that the lights are turned off and somehow it's okay to, to do whatever you want. All right. You listen to this right now, get your nightclub together. All right. <laughs> get your nightclub together. Yeah. Sorry. Small rant. That's all good. Any, uh, I guess any last Dude, questions we have before we move on to the next topic? I got a real good question. I got it. I got a question. Okay, you're waiting for the question. Okay, so um, <laughs> wow, Ugh, close your mouth, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, okay, how about you open your mouth, boy? <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> like you just gave birth? What was that? Okay, no, uh, so Noah, like the what is what would be a ratchet German person? What would that look like? Ratchet German person, I'd just say that'd be be one of the heroin addicts that chill out on the subway, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, (laughs) everybody's very it's pretty normal here, but yeah, uh. I mean, yeah, a weird train ride home last night. This, I guess this guy was probably on or something, but he's banging on the train window and talking to himself. But that, that was pretty ratchet, as the kids would say. Dang. <laughs> good question, Nathan. So, good, la- wait. good last question. <laughs> Thanks. Jeez, man. I'm, I'm just trying to see if, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't like saying the words. Um, but like you know how there's like white trash for white people and then black people we you know we have like our our ratchetness um i just wanted to know if like in that culture like who is the uh who is the cousin that people disown (laughs) (laughs) i mean there they have yeah i mean I guess use the word again, but yeah, they, they're so they've got your normal kind of white trash hillbilly kind of redneck thing, but that's that's usually out outside of Berlin at out least in, in the, the south, cities. yeah, yeah. Germany. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, you don't really you don't see it too much, but I mean, yeah, I guess the overweight tanked thing, but. Everybody kind of stays out of each other's way, so there's not like a 
it's not like that. Uh, that's actually act hmm. racism or something. That's really interesting. So like rural lifestyle versus city educated lifestyle. That's that might be like a universal. I think it is. Yeah, my first. I mean, yeah, I, I a lot of times I'm walking around and I, I think, am I, am I in Germany? I thought I was in the States, but then I'll read a sign and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> good. But yeah, my first flight to Berlin when I was on the train, I saw, I guess, an American, stereotypical looking American couple, very overweight, very... I guess you would say white trashy, and I was like, oh, what am I getting into? <laughs> so uh, I guess they don't fly uh, Confederate flags down there. No. <laughs> no, you don't see a lot of flags anywhere. don't see any German flags, really. I guess that's because of the history. But uh, Interesting. Huh. Uh, I did see, I saw one American flag. I think there's an American company here. So that was the biggest flag I've seen. Of any flag here, <laughs> and it was American. <laughs> Everywhere we go, okay. Yeah. It's an American thing to do. We just go and just put our flags there. We here now, you know. This is ours. Pop up the flag. It's very nice to not see a lot of lifted trucks driving oh. around. <laughs> you hear that, Nathan? Oh. It's nice. People don't want. <laughs> Four wheeled F one fifty, you know, in the rear. You know, come on. Uh, is is the German version of that like a lifted beetle? <laughs> uh yeah, we I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't drive here, so Okay. <laughs> Working public transportation. Very, wow. very good yeah. public transportation. <laughs> but I like, like trains, I like the, buses. Trains, buses, trams, all use one ticket. What? Oh. Two euros and eighty cents for a one-way ticket. Nice. But I did like the sound of a a beetle on twenty (laughs) fours. Don't knock it. So I've uh I have a few popcorn questions. Yes. Just quick. So do they drive on the right or the left side of the street? Drive on the right here. Oh, okay. Are electric cars bigger in Germany, or is it? I'd say diesel, actually, because gas is, regular gasoline is, unleaded is very expensive. It's diesel car? So for efficiency, car, I'd say 99.0, all manual. Hmm. Okay. How big is soccer over there? Oh, it's huge. What? I guess, yeah, that's the, that's the, yeah, football. That's the American football of Europe. That's awesome. Yeah, my parents uh, made it out to a World Cup in England uh, like 20 years ago, and they said it was just crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, you can't yeah. compare any U.S. sport to it. The people yeah. go insane here. Guess I'm moving to Berlin. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Are they? Oh, never mind. I was gonna ask. Oh, keep black keep... people there. But oh, I was actually surprised how diverse. I guess it's really just Berlin, but yeah, very, 
Very, very international city. Black people from everywhere here. Oh, okay. I send you my resume. You think you could pass it around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got some resume paper right now. Ship it Do out they... to you. <laughs> Does Germany get along with the uh, the neighboring countries around it? Are they more friendly with one or the other? They're the boss of all the neighboring countries around here. <laughs> they got the EU. Yeah, the EU. They have the highest GDP, and yeah, they they make a lot of money here. So they a lot of Germans will go out of the country for their vacations, and they'll be the the majority of tourists. And a lot of foreign signs are in German. It's like English is number one, then German is the second language that you'll see usually. Hmm. Wow. And then the and then the local language. <laughs> Have you been affected by Brexit in any way? I mean, no, you're no, like... just friends. Yeah, just I mean, it affects through friends. They're still scared whether they'll they'll have to apply for a different visa or that's crazy. Their living situation here. Just living in the United States, like we can listen to all the NPR we want to, but we'll never really know, like like the full effect of brexit until you're like living it and it affects your day-to-day or you know yeah i mean yeah i mean even for me just living here like uh i mean it's changed my views politically a lot not to get too political but just openness with borders it's pretty easy to get a visa here in berlin artist visa but i i try to think back on the states people that want to go to the united states the process for getting legal citizenship you people say oh if they want to come here come here legally if they do it can take an upwards of 15 years to to get your citizenship to be honest i have no idea what brexit like really (laughs) i just know they left the european union but like i just saw it i was like oh cool But yeah, what... it's good. It's uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a shit show for them because they're losing out on a lot of money and trade deals. Yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I mean, I've heard, I've heard and read that uh, they'll have the lowest GDP of any European nation, and that Ireland and I think Scotland might lead the UK. So they'd just be on their own and. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They I think they'd go it. into another recession, so nah, yeah, not going too well for Yeah. <laughs> would you perfectly GDP fine. wise, were they behind Germany? Were they like yes. the next in line? Yeah. So the- um yeah, I don't think they were next after I think it was like France, France. yeah. Oh, okay. France is also having a hard time. Jeez. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like been been watching Madam Secretary, so I know all about my uh, foreign <laughs> diplomacy <laughs> to a Netflix TV show. So just letting everybody know, I am an expert. It <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, thank you. Um, this was good. I think for our, our first interview, uh, doing more of these. Like I said, uh, next week, Frank Ocean, you're welcome to come on. <laughs> Bow wow. Uh, <laughs> Bow wow. <laughs> We have uh, extended invitations also to uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> and uh, Jordan Peele. So. Still waiting to hear back. 
hey Janet, uh, we got a <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, no, uh, J- Janet's our uh, PR person. Uh, actually, she's in the room now, <laughs> and uh, we we try to get her to reach out to all these uh, these celebrities, but she's been lacking on the job. So, uh, yeah. For any reason, anybody listens to this, just check out uh, posted episode three. Um, <laughs> or the third published episode, you understand. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you. Um, I guess to before we wrap it up, uh, we're gonna talk about a movie all of us saw. I just saw today. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this oh, uh, caused a little bit of a little bit of contention in the the group chat. The I guess <laughs> earlier this week about whether this movie was um good and bad. Um. I was going to come in as the tiebreaker, but Noah has also seen this movie. So before we start, you know, getting into the nitty gritty, uh, everybody just go ahead and uh, give this, uh, the movie a score on 1 to 10. I'll start. I will give it a, a 7. Give it a 9 and a half. What? Oh. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I definitely give it a 4 and a half at best. It could go lower. <laughs> I would give it a 6.5. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh. See, Noah, so you, you lived you lived in L.A. for a little bit, right? Yes. So did you recognize, like, the places they were driving around and the references? Oh, of course, of course. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good film. It was, it was cool to see, see Leo encapsulated as all these old school actors, but... I guess as a, I think I would need multiple watches for my score to raise. But on that initial watch, it was a, it's a six point five. Here's my thing about it. <clears throat> I agree. I like the acting in the movie a lot. I think Brad Pitt, Leonardo, uh, who was the female actress, uh, Margaret, Margaret Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they did a great job. Seriously. Um, and maybe the acting just all around was pretty good. The problem is the movie was almost three hours long and you could have really just watched the last 30 minutes and then the first 10 minutes and been like, oh, okay, that's a good movie. Uh, that's a good movie short, you know, but Quentin Tarantino's style of being very broad is good. But in this sense, he got, he got too broad. All right. He got too broad. There were some scenes where... I looked through the cast list and some people were just standing in the scene, didn't even make their name onto the credits because, uh, you know, like they were just there, but they didn't add to any plot. Like, uh, not to get too specific, but the, like the guy, when they were at that little party and he was like going through the list of all the people that, you know, were at the party. I was like, who is this guy? They never once said who that guy was or the woman standing next to him. So I was, I think yeah, it's a lot of it's. You have to have a lot of prior knowledge of Hollywood to to appreciate the film. Because uh, I could agree to that. Um, I thought it was a. I thought it was a good movie. Um, parts that really uh, kind of stuck out to me is like I've never been like involved with any kind of like uh, theatrical productions or whatnot. So just seeing like how how I would imagine or how I hope would imagine like actors saying like, "Oh, I need my line here." Or were you just like going through a scene? I was watching a movie about um, like the making of a movie. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was. <laughs> um, but just seeing like how 
how thorough they were. And that's just like the the Tarantino style. Uh, but just seeing like, uh, I guess what acting like is, um, seeing like multiple takes, yeah. uh, doing scenes, a whole bunch. Stuff I never would have thought about. Because like I said, I'm just uh, the movie watcher. And this is, that stuff's beyond me. <laughs> yeah, I think they, he did a good, well, Tarantino always does a good job of creating these really intense scenes or like suspenseful scenes um easily with like his blood and gore like he's known for that but even thinking about um like he he just would put little things in there so i always i think about the um this was an unconventional thing that i saw in the movie so that you know that hippie girl who was always trying to get in the car mm-hmm. yeah he passes her like three times and you're you're just waiting you're like when is he so the first time he passes her, you're thinking oh he's a he's a player or something he just picks up girls and sleeps with them and then the second time you realize, oh, he's just like trying to do his job, but he he's probably open to whatever. And then the third time when she actually gets in the car, you see that he's like a responsible adult and he has values. And it's like, this is a rated R movie, but that's not like a conventional ending for that scenario in a rated R movie. So like stuff yeah, like that's that. What I, that's what I liked about how unconventional it was. I mean, if you know the original story of the Sharon Tate murders with the Manson family. The yeah, I I mean that's it's it brings it back to like Inglorious Bastards with how they ended the war early with the killing of Hitler. It it yeah. it's an exaggerated yeah, I mean, uh, it's an exaggerated all alternate universe of what could have happened. <laughs> yeah, what could have or what's this um one guy he said it's what should have happened, what we should have done. <laughs> I had a, a flamethrower in the back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like that's that But awesome. uh Yeah, but but I don't know how to contend that with reality when he was on acid from that acid tip cigarette. I know when I took LSD, I was hallucinating out of my mind, so <laughs> maybe that's that was his his perspective of things. I think you know it wasn't till after the movie that I looked it up and I realized that those were the Manson. Like I don't even know, I didn't know anything about the Mansons, but I realized. So the guy who went up to Sharon Tate's door and he just kind of first time. Him, yeah, he was wearing those the first time. Yeah, that pants. was Charles uh, Manson. Long hair. So that was Charlie. Yes. Charles yeah. Manson. Oh my gosh, that's. Crazy. And then Tex, he was nah. talking about, hey, Charlie told us that we need to do this and that. Yeah, it wasn't until that moment that I realized what I was watching. But when I saw when I saw hippies and I heard the word Char- Charlie, I was like, oh, yep, it's this guy. This is his crew, you know? Um, was, uh, I was kind of ignorant on the whole uh, uh, these murders as well. I didn't know that... Uh, Charles Manson actually didn't even kill these people. He just uh, he told these not. people too. I thought it was, yeah, he was just in the, he just, uh, I guess, ordered it. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I loved the, I don't oh, he's, unfortunately, he's still crazy, but he has, he used to be a songwriter and he has a few decent songs, but that's kind of <laughs> why he started his cult because he had a falling out with one of the members of the Beach Boys. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, was he a Beach Boy? He was not, he was supposed to be, but. 
uh, insider stuff, musician stuff. <laughs> I think it was cool too because you know, honestly, the um, the whole it reminds me of you. Um, no, am I like, <laughs> um, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I mean, I might start a cult. <laughs> no, 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 no. So how um, Rick Dalton? How he was in America? He that's literally he was in L.A. and he's like kind of just he's it sucks. And then his buddy's like, bro, just go overseas. Just go overseas and try it. And he goes overseas and he has like an absolute blast. Um, I mean, that's that's what a lot of that's a lot of people. That's I mean, Marvin Gaye. I'm gonna bring him into the mix. He's my favorite artist, one of my favorite artists. And he, when he spent some time in Europe, that was his recovery of everything that was going on in the states. I mean, even David Bowie. He's from the UK, but spent a lot of time in Berlin and writing a lot as well that's so interesting hmm. where would you uh where'd you guys rank this movie in like tarantino's line of films oh, that's a good question i would put this at the bottom but bro I don't, why this... don't feel like you guys have that same view so i, I want to know uh first thing, uh, his movies i've only seen a few of his movies we can stick to so. mainstream i mean there's like a probably a lot of <laughs> stuff that Got uh, Django Unchained for me, and uh, this movie. Oh, and Glorious Bastards. Hateful Eight. Um, have you seen that? Still yeah. Seen that. Uh, I fell asleep on that one, so oh, no. Wow. Very good. You should finish it. Uh, Pulp Fiction, definitely at the top. Yep. For me. Just skip over Kill Bill as well. Those are amazing. Ooh. Pulp Fiction. Kill That's Bill. a harder one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think about. It. Oh, but Django too. I don't know. I would it's say turning slavery uh, into a comedy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was a good. It was a good. It was a very good movie. Yeah, it, I, thought, I thought it was a good movie. I don't know if I thought it was very good. It turned slavery into a comedy for a second, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a funny retort to that, but I forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I would say like probably like ninety nine percent of his movies I like. I they're all like different. Yeah. Even this movie, I can admit this movie is different. I <laughs> um, you someone described it really good as like what should have happened. But when I left the movie, I thought, well, that's not what happened, and. Now it makes me think more about like what actually happened and how kind of that was like really messed up and kind of sad. But if you describe it as like what should have happened, and now I might be like, well, yeah, I agree. You know, like you would, I think that would have not been great, but I mean, I think it would have been a lot better than what did happen. Yeah. So I, I, I do like it like that. Uh, ugh, he, he, moving on, he directed Hostel part two that's really that's 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 pretty weird um yeah i'm looking at tarantino has a dark side that i did not know about (laughs) for those that don't know the hostile series just stay out of it all right he had a zombie movie right was it planet terror the girl with one leg and one leg is a gun Oh, I remember that. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he directed it, but I do know what you're talking about. 
yeah, he, I don't hmm. know why I, I knew about that thoroughly in middle school. Uh, it's Robert Rodriguez, but I think he had some writing and production credits. Okay. Yeah, I remember uh, like back back when Blockbuster was a thing. Yeah. That was one of the posters on, in the windows because we had a Blockbuster by the house. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Desperado. Wow. Out of the three Tarantino movies I have seen, I definitely remember um, Django Unchained, uh, Inglorious Bastards, and then this. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? No. Gotta see it. Ooh. I, Netflix, yeah. Smith, you should. Yeah. It, <laughs> people might say it's overrated, but I, I think it's, I think it's good for a reason. Like yeah. it's, you can watch that movie quite a few times and just so many things you can pick up. Um, I also gotta, you just gotta appreciate Quentin for like the actors he puts in his movies. Like he doesn't have any bones, and how he started independently. <laughs> yeah, he dropped he, out of high school and basically started from the grit of his teeth. He made a short film and he didn't like it, and then he, yeah, Pulp Fiction was his first like major film, and it got big. And it's one of the all-time like. Critically acclaimed movies. Yeah, it's at like the top of like most. It's on a it's on a lot of people's top like movies. Yeah, I would say IMDb probably. Rotten Tomatoes probably have it up there. Just wait until I make my review. Bring it back. (laughs) Also, I want to. I just want to highlight the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio played. An actor, like he acted an actor, acted as an actor. Yes, an actor. <laughs> I was looking at uh, that he's from LA, but like he had that southern accent, like really down. Um, like I couldn't not, not tell, like he wasn't from there. Um, I was impressed by that. Yeah, he's just he's just real shout out to voice coaches, shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get yeah. annoying. That's kind of my uh. If the accent gets annoying, then kind of you can tell it's bad. And then Brad, did Brad Pitt have a southern accent too? I think Brad Pitt is from uh, Memphis. Though. Okay. Hmm. Oh, so it was, it was no big deal. I liked it, man. Brad, I dude, this movie was just so. There's so many moving parts. Like even the scene where. Um, I need to stop saying Brad Pitt where he goes home and he's living in a trailer and you just see him. He has a dog that's just perfectly trained. You see him open up the can and the slop just kind of falls out. (laughs) I did like that scene though. Not for that reason to highlight (laughs) really to highlight just how, you know, different of a life that he lives, you know, when he's not hanging out with, Rick, you know, and uh, but he's not really complaining about it. Um, and did they say did he did he kill his wife in that movie? I, they like did like a cut to and yeah, him on the boat. And I couldn't tell if that was just like <laughs> them joking about the situation or if that was like a like a full reenactment of what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, couldn't tell. 
was going on there. That's, I don't want to say it was a funny scene, but it was kind of a funny scene. Yeah, the I know it was controversial with like him and the the scene with Bruce Lee, yeah. but even then I thought it was like that's pretty well done. I love that scene. I'm the biggest Bruce Me Lee too. fan ever. But like, I know, same. <laughs> Bruce Lee lose like that. It makes me wonder, like someone who, and that brings it back to you. I mean, being an artist, Quentin Tarantino is artist directing, and you can make whatever you want to make, and people are going to be somebody. Well, at least one person is not going to like it. So, (laughs) that's that's um. What I was listening to some podcast. It was Bill Burr, and he was saying he loves Quentin Tarantino because Quentin says I'm a. I'm the director. I do whatever the heck I want to do in my movies. And I remember like, I forgot the first Quentin Tarantino movie I saw. I think it was Pulp Fiction. Yeah, where, because Quentin Tarantino was in the movie. And I was like, oh, that's that's Quentin. And then he just starts dropping N-bombs like <laughs> over and over. I was like, yo, you you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> But well, then you realize you can do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever. <laughs> yeah. So back when I was 13 and I saw it, I was like, I hate this guy. But now that I'm 23 and I'm watching, I'm like, eh, I respect him. <laughs> it's uh, the same way I felt, I guess, with Django and Because I saw that with uh, my dad in theaters. Um, <laughs> and that that was 2012. So I guess I was like... 15 or 16 you know like when you're that young of age and you go to, you see a movie like that with your parents it's like, it kind of awkward for you but he's just you know laughing and having a good time so like uh <laughs> yeah that uh new jamie fox scene is still in my head you know you just can't <laughs> unsee that in a in an imax theater size screen <laughs> and this man Ooh, that was that was rough. Yeah, I did also see it with my parents. That was um, yeah. See, that's the beauty of Quentin because he he has so many of those scenes that we like we cannot forget. Like Jamie Fox <laughs> naked, or um, in Pulp Fiction, there's so many of them. There's like yeah. the when the girl overdoses. Um, there's that Kill Bill. scene. Man. Kill Bill! Oh my gosh, I, that was that was pretty bloody. Even in even in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like at the end, the flamethrower scene, or yeah. um, the dog, the I don't the the pit bull dog slop scene is always I don't know. <laughs> you keep saying slop for man. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, we got a, this is our longest episode. Oh, yeah, Long form podcast. podcast. You should always just let it run and just keep talking. <laughs> you have your yeah, we got a, <laughs> I almost got two hours of audio. It's been two hours. Holy cow. Since, uh, since start recording at least. Oh my gosh. Oh man. But, um, but yeah, um, thank you, Noah, for taking time out of your busy schedule, hang out with, the. Uh, Knuckle Sandwich Boys, you know what I'm saying? Dude, thank yeah. you for having me. It was very fun. <laughs> Hopefully we didn't uh, 
Hopefully, don't ruin your credibility when we drop. <laughs> I have none. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody um, who hopefully will listen to this. Uh, we'll do more stuff like this in the future. Trying to get more people on. Um, I guess without any further ado, we'll see you all next time. Yeah. Ace, you got any? You got anything to say? <clears throat> Nathan, it's uh, it's gonna rain in ten days. So you can uh, finally take that shower you've been wanting. <laughs> so get ready. Yeah, let me borrow your shower cap. No, come on, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> uh, ew. Oh. Uh, you share shower caps, bro. Go get tested. <laughs> but, uh, thank you, everybody. Um, we'll see you next week. That's the podcast.